welcome to Love Through It. I'm your host, Liana Nielsen, former actress and comedian turned certified integrative nutrition health coach. I found my way here after spending my 20s getting sick and then learning how to heal myself from an autoimmune condition, depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder when countless doctors were no help. Combining both traditional and alternative methods, I found healing through a deeper mind-body connection. I am so excited to share what I've discovered with you. Here, I'll chat with friends, experts, and clients on how they love through their biggest challenges to build lives and bodies they love. You ready? Let's do this. Hello. I am so excited to welcome this guest today, Despina Socratus, who is an amazing spiritual inner child healing coach that focuses on trauma. I met her a few years ago through a business coach, and then we ended up working together. She became a client, which was honestly, I was so honored after like knowing your work and understanding what you did that you felt called to work with me. And I really enjoyed the process. So it it was really when I was putting together inspirational and interesting women to put on this podcast, you immediately came to mind. So thank you so much for being here. I love being here with you for many reasons. First, because we became friends. Mm -hmm. Second, because we work together and I feel like you know me in ways that it's amazing that we're going to share certain things today. And as far as what you said, I always say, if you intuitively feel inclined to work with a person, just do it. And that was me for you, with you. Like I had to work with you. I agree. Oh my gosh. I completely agree. And that's how I found Matt, right? The guy we both worked with. I was like, there's something about this guy that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And I was so glad that I did. Um, So let's just jump off. Like you have such an interesting backstory and I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, where you're from, what brought you to this career and really allowed you to find your calling. And I know you and I shared a similar story in terms of having health scares, right? Having, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, a history of a, a challenging relationship with food in our bodies and also not being well. So yeah, jump right in and I'll, I'm sure I'll interrupt and ask questions. I, I feel all everybody's journey starts when we are young. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we are said to experience certain things. And besides me being really intuitive when young and like feeling my spirit guides, if you want to call them, feeling them close to me, certain things that I experienced led me to where I am. Mm-hmm. And as Wait, I want to ba- I want to interrupt you already. Um, so, as a child, you really felt intuitively connected and connected to your guides. Yeah, I felt them right next to me, and for me, it was like, oh, this is normal. Until I realized it was not normal for everybody. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's so wild. And what yeah. was like, could you, would you be open to sharing an early memory about what that felt like to you? What was that experience or when did you start to know or how would you get guidance? So for me, I grew up in a household that was very avoidant. So mm-hmm. I was alone most of the time. So for me, I felt them and it was like I would play and they were there, you know, like I would feel them. But for me, it's not that I saw them. Some people see for me, it's like I feel an energy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to explain it, but I feel mm-hmm. the color. I feel how tall it is. Mm-hmm. I feel it. So I would just feel them being there. So I just knew they were there. It wasn't like something weird. <laughs> right, right. It was just, it was the only thing you knew, it sounds like. And it yeah. wasn't scary. It sounded like a pleasant experience. Yeah, it was like, oh, they're just there, you know? It was like, okay. (laughs) 
And what made you, re- when did you start to realize, wait, not everyone has this? Like, what is, what is this special thing that I have? I think I started, I read a book. Uh, a friend recommended me a book about angels. And mm-hmm. in the book, it says certain things that made me realize that not everybody feels things the way I feel things. And then yeah. I had a conversation with her and I was like, okay, I guess not everybody is feeling what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that must've been, I mean, this is very different, but mm-hmm. even like even understanding, like being a highly sensitive person and that mm-hmm. I different, a different relationship to my emotions than other people. And that was like connecting to my, me to my intuition on a different level, like five years ago blew my mind. So I can't imagine as a child being like, wait, I have this whole other experience of life that no one's having. How mm-hmm. interesting. So what was your experience? Well, I mean, honestly, it came, I, I remember at one point in my twenties there, I mean, gosh, my whole life, there was a lot of big feelings and a lot of crying and a lot of overwhelm for me. And I'm an only child. So I just thought there was something wrong with me. And then I also grew up in a house with people who are just less emotional and Mm -hmm. didn't have tools around that, or just didn't feel as much as I felt. So I always felt like there, you know, it was my, I was wrong and bad. And so I often tried to avoid and shove that down. And that led eventually to an eating disorder because I didn't know how to manage like really big feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was so crazy. And that's how I ended up, I think, being an actress because I was like, I don't know, like sometimes I feel so much like I don't know what to do with this. Like at least there's a career where you're allowed to be this sad uh-huh. and crazy and all uh-huh. these things. And that, and going through training and being an actress, I, I at least felt like I was around other people who had big feelings and, but it was really wild to me. It wasn't until I discovered human design in my mid thirties when I started understanding that I was a reflector and I started, cause I had, I mean, I didn't grow up spiritual or religious or anything like that. I sort of started to notice more of an inclination in that direction during my healing journey, right? When like, you know, nothing else works and you have to start really looking inward and then meditating and all of a sudden like weird synchronicities happen. And it's sort of like, this is so odd. Like it, you know, for a while I was almost like afraid to talk about it. And I still, I think I don't talk about it as much as I could Mm -hmm. because I feel like I don't want to turn people off because I think everyone's experience is their own and they can believe what they want to believe about things. Um, But I started to realize when I started to do health coaching work that I would kind of get downloads about clients and I would intuit what they were. I would like, I would get a sense about what they were thinking and feeling before they'd say it, like Mm. stuff like that would happen. And I would ignore it for a while. And then I remember I got introduced to human design and found out that I was a reflector and what they were talking about in terms of like sensitivity to space and the lunar cycle stuff and feeling what other people feel amplified mm-hmm. all of a sudden demystified my entire life <laughs> in terms of being like, Whoa, cause I just thought I was like emotionally unstable because <laughs> I'd like have a good day and I'd walk into a room and want to burst into tears mm-hmm. or have an interaction with someone and leave feeling really angry for no reason. And I didn't realize how much of other people's emotions I would take and amplify mm-hmm. and how I'd have to be so careful around space. But again, this happened at like 35, 36, not Mm -hmm. at like six. Uh I'm like, what an amazing gift for you to start to realize that you did have these other gifts at Mm -hmm. such a young age and be able to build something around that Mm -hmm. where like it kind of fell into my lap later in life. And it was a beautiful uh, 
I, I, again, I always felt broken. Like there was something wrong with me. And it was like, no, this is just actually a special thing that you have. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty wild. Yeah. But yeah, I can't imagine as a kid wrapping your head around something like this. Or maybe it was e- easier because it's always been your experience. For me, it's not even a gift. I feel like even I always tell people, you too have something. Like we're all yeah. connected to something, you know, to our yeah. highest self. So like, for me, it's not even a gift. It's like a given. Of course, of course I feel things like I'm energy. <laughs> of course, like it makes sense. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I agree. I mean, so much of the work I feel like we both do in different ways yeah. is connecting people to that knowing, mm-hmm. yeah. to that intelligence, uh-huh. to that understanding, to that guide within mm-hmm. them. That's why I felt inclined to work with you because I feel like you get it. You, we are very aligned in that sense. And I loved working with you. Oh, thank you. I, the feeling was mutual. Honestly, it was so amazing because you, you know, what you do is so special and you're so established that I was like, what, you know, what, what am I going to give this woman? And it, and I love, it was a beautiful permission. I think for me even to realize that we all, have blind spots mm-hmm. and ways that we need to grow. And it was such a, and it was with you. And I love, love, love working with people. Well, I love working with everyone, honestly, but it's, there's something really special about working with people who are very aware mm-hmm. and intuitive and connected to themselves because there were these big things that really ended up just being tiny shifts for you. Yeah. Well, Do you we, want to speak to that experience a little bit? We had a journey together now that I think because <laughs> I was in your program when I decided to move to Hawaii and that opened like a whole another world for me. Absolutely. Cause we got you, you were really not listening to your body fully. Yeah. And this is the interesting thing about the work where sometimes I get confused as to even how to market myself because mm. I know that like, you know, you were suffering with food stuff still mm. in your relationship to food mm-hmm. and that's real, yeah. right? There's science there. Like that's a real thing. That's, that's a, a real, real human thing. problem. Mm-hmm. And that so many women deal with, yeah. but it's so interesting because often it doesn't take much tweaking mm-hmm. to get you connected and understanding what you're doing. And then boom, mm-hmm. this whole other sense of knowing and trust and information opens up and then you're moving to Hawaii, yes. right? Tell, tell us a little bit about that, will you? I think it has a backstory to it because I feel like people need to understand why I was where I was when I Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. in your program. So I love what you said. Like you grew up in a specific household that emotions Mm -hmm. weren't a thing. So you end up expressing that in food in different ways. So for me too, like it started because I was in an avoidant household. And Mm -hmm. for me, especially because I was skinny as a child, I was super skinny and people will make comments to my mom. Like, why is she so skinny? You're not fitting her. So she would come home and she would fit me to the point that I would throw up. So that became my friends, like throwing up and like eating and yep. throwing up and being in yep. this cycle. So yep. not knowing how to deal with my emotions, just like you equal yep. to, I'm going to do that by eating and throwing up. Yep. Eating so and, much to the point that I want to throw up. So yep. that became my eating disorder. And mm-hmm. so when I met you, I was already into that world where like I try to heal. I try to heal my body from polycystic ovaries and I did that. But I was like, I was missing the 
the last part that you gave me and it was like fully like being present with your body and like tapping into each bite and understanding what you're doing with your actions as you're eating, which you mm-hmm. gave that to me, which oh, I'm so grateful. Liana. <laughs> yeah. To it then, yeah. To then equal to me saying, I don't want to be in New York right now. I'm going to go to Hawaii. And then I did that and we did that together. Yes. yes. And that was a crazy journey. It was a crazy journey. But I, that's why I love, I always say to people, you need, people with you in your journey. Even for me that I teach this stuff, we need Mm -hmm. people to be with us in the journey. And you were that person for me in that moment. Oh, I'm so grateful. And it it was really beautiful to watch you and like now see your content around all of this stuff because now you're helping other people in the same way. But it, it was, it, there was this last piece where you weren't fully listening and trusting yourself, which didn't allow you to be fully empowered. Exactly. And it's, it's interesting, like you said, because I teach this stuff, but sometimes you just need somebody to like, ah, shake you. And I do that with my clients too. We just need somebody to shake us and be like, it's right there in front of you, Espina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and of course, like it made sense to some degree, right? Because New York is amazing. And we, you know, we both shared that experience mm-hmm. and you're there again. Yeah. Um, and it is so hard on us, yeah. especially like if you are a little bit more sensitive. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a degree where you almost have to numb out a little bit to survive sometimes. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it, you almost don't realize you're not listening to your body because some, if you listen to your body all the time, like the sounds and the smells and the people and the experience, it would be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But again, I feel it really has to do with our background. We both grew up in, an, in a household that wasn't emotionally available to us. So that becomes our reality. So numbing out and disassociating, e- even if I was in Hawaii, I would do the same thing, but in different mm-hmm. ways. So I feel oh, yeah, yeah, New, New York was like, if I was meant to be here to see the trauma and heal the trauma. Mm, around that. That makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I had to be in Hawaii and it was like another story, but. Oh my God. Hawaii like kicked you out. Uh-huh. <laughs> it did. But I, I was meant to be there because it led me to other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the big lesson there for you? Because I think, and I would love, uh, this is actually, you know, a, a pivot that I'd love to hear or the lesson, because we talk about this stuff a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a different person would think like moving, uprooting your life, moving to Hawaii from New York. And like you had a part, there was like an infestation. Yeah. You were living in a hotel. Like it was like everywhere you turned this thing that felt so right. And you were so excited about, it, you felt so aligned about almost like just kicked you out of the Island. Yeah. And like, what was your, when you look back, what do you feel like you learned or what was the point of that? I think for me, it's like, trust the journey. Yes, it felt yeah. right, but it felt right because it meant to let me somewhere else. And where'd you end up? So I ended up in Cyprus for like a year. I went back home and then that's where I got with my partner. And then there was a, a whole another journey that led me to a whole another world of healing. So <laughs> it's like, it's, but it's, it happened in such a way that it meant mm-hmm. to happen because for me, spirit always wants us to meet highest self. And for me, mm-hmm. at that point with my journey, I needed to go to Hawaii, go back to Cyprus, 
meet my partner, be with my partner, and then heal certain other things that I needed to heal. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, God, there is nothing more healing than being in a Oh my God, Liana, you know that. You know that. I know. Oh God, they are our biggest teachers, yes. I feel, always. For sure. Always. For sure. And we were... So... We were even talking yesterday, we were relating with certain things. So yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. We were talking about, well, actually, we're being proud of each other because we're both doing all of this work (laughs) and relational relationship work, which is, I mean, it's so funny, too. And I I don't know if you have this experience, but I have, you know, I work in wellness and a healing space. I've done a lot of work on myself. I've done a lot of therapy. I've done this stuff for a long time. And then it's so funny to want to, to like discover your blind spots. Like I didn't really start dating properly people I didn't know post-divorce until a couple of years ago. And man, I was dating like the, a 25 year old. Cause that's, how old I was before I started dating my husband. Yeah. And that was like so incredibly problematic and it was kind of funny. So I was like, Whoa, I'm a brat. I'm causing these problems. It's very humbling. It's humbling. It's humbling, but it's also, I see it as necessary too. For yeah. me, we heal better when we are with other people. Like when we are mm-hmm. with ourselves, it's good because we gather our thoughts. We come into a sense of like, this is who I am, but being with other mm-hmm. people is such a huge mirror for us. It's like a slap in the face. It's like, holy fuck, it's happening. Oh my gosh, it is. It is. Oh my gosh. And it is, It. I feel very proud of where I am in this moment because this is the first relationship I've been in um, where I have, and I didn't realize I wasn't doing this, where I'm showing up like fully whole and asking for what I need. And like I had this experience last weekend where I got really upset and because I I sensed as a very sensitive kid that like me crying a lot in front of my parents was uncomfortable for mm-hmm. them. And like they're wonderful people, like what you know what I mean? Like I'm not ever trying to like shit on them, but that was my experience as a kid. And so I'm always tampering down my emotions, especially in front of like men and in relationships and trying to like push that down. And I had this experience last weekend where I just like, I just allowed myself to feel everything and feel really seen in all of it in an experience that maybe was not the overreacting, but like it was, you know what I mean? It was a very big emotional response to something. And I came out of it, though it was like incredibly painful, so proud of myself because I was like, no, you know, it doesn't matter that it took me 40 years to get yeah. here, but here I am actually showing up fully whole, asking for what I need, showing people who I am. I'm like, that's so terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. And you're doing the work, Liana. Thank yes. you. I'm trying. I'm really trying. I practice what I preach, honestly. Yeah. We're, we're all trying. <laughs> we're doing the best <laughs> we can, honestly. We are. We are. So, so, so your eating stuff started as a child. So that was an experience you had off and on up until a few years ago. It started as a child differently though. As a child, I would go on this extreme diet. I would not eat. I would be on the other end. And then after I came to the U.S., I think my depression that I had when I was 20 triggered a lot of that because again, not knowing how to deal with emotions equals to an addiction for most people. So yes. that yes. trigger my my binge eating and it was like a whole cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. that led me to holistic healing and all this other stuff. 
So when did you discover the stuff about the polycystic ovaries? I knew when I was 15. So oh, they wow. gave me pills. Okay. Like they usually do. Uh-huh. They gave me pills and they were like like birth control, birth control. or something. Yeah. 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 They said you won't be able to have babies, maybe you will, but maybe you won't. Like this scary things for a child. Like that's insane. Mm-hmm. And they just gave me pills and said, do you just need to take that for the rest of your life? If you ever decide to get pregnant, we'll see what we're going to do. That was, yeah. Right. And then when did you realize you could heal them in a more natural way and stop taking birth control and all that? When I was around 1920, I was like in a toxic relationship. And I remember that got me into like a depressive episode And I started seeing my therapist back then. And she was like, you should start meditating. And I started to meditate. And through meditation, it opened up the world of like holistic healing. So I started learning about Mm -hmm. uh, holistic healing herbs. And then I had this coworker back then that he was like, there's this Chinese doctor that does holistic healing with herbs. You should go see him. And I did. And that was like another new thing for me, which I went to him and within six months, my polycystic ovaries were gone. It's been 13 years now. I still don't have any symptoms from them. So, and then it just, it was a whole new world. Holistic healing was a whole new thing for me. So it helped me with my depression. I remember back then, like everything is just so connected. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I had the same experience, right? Where, you know, it was stress, it was lifestyle, it was food, it was my body, everything fell apart. And it was so interesting to me because I went on birth control young, I asked to go on it, I was like, deathly afraid of getting pregnant. (laughs) And, you know, I was trying to be responsible. So I was on birth control for, I don't know, maybe 10 years, for the most part on. And I remember in my mid to late 20s, I started to get melasma. And I remember my dermatologist, and this was around the time that the wheels started to fall mm-hmm. off my whole body, but it was very early on, like my skin, you know, they say your skin is such a sign, right? Well, my skin started to have hyperpigmentation issues. And I remember my dermatologist was like, oh, it's because of birth control, get off of birth control. And I was an actress by then. So I was like, well, I can't have my skin look like this. So I'm like, I don't care. So I immediately got off of it. And I didn't have a period for almost a year because I had PCOS from the pill. Which is so funny because they give you the pill if you have PCOS. And and if you don't have PCOS, the pill can't give you PCOS. And luckily, and and by then, like, my health was getting worse and worse. And my my irregular period was, like, the the least of my worries because, you know, my intestines and everything else, my mental health. But I remember when I I eventually started working with a naturopath and she she said the same thing. She's like, oh, we can get your period back on track. And she didn't. It was, you know, in my, gosh, late 20s, it was regular for the first time yeah, in my whole life. I feel that. For me, it was such a shock, but at the same time, I was like, this thing is awesome. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know because nobody talks about holistic healing and herbs and like healing your body in such a way that it's not, it doesn't have to do with pills. And I'm not against, yeah. but at the same time, we can heal holistically. Well, that was, I, I talk about this a lot. Like I remember the, I, I mean, I was very much like, give me a pill. You know what I mean? Like I, I grew up in a more holistic mm-hmm. household, but of course you reject the way you grow up. Right. So I'm like, give me a pill, give me all this stuff. And when I was seeing doctors and no one could help me at yeah. all, um, I, you know, I turned to more holistic methods and just was shocked with how quickly 
things mm. changed. And I just, it was just crazy. Like 12 days of changing my diet, got rid of anxiety That's... and depression that I'd had for years. And I was like, yes. what? How is no one yes. going there for, like, I think there, there is a time and a place for, obviously for antidepressants, for pills, for all that stuff. Like, I, I agree. I think that mm. stuff's important. But I think if you can look at your life and look at your lifestyle and what you're putting in your body and how you treat yourself, like try the gentle way first. Cause sometimes that, cause I just, I remember I had a, a therapist who was like recommending me get on antidepressants for years and it just didn't feel mm-hmm. quite right. And I was like, wait a minute, I could have done this a couple of years ago and not had all of this anxiety and depression. It was yes. blew my mind. Yes. Even when people come to me and their mental health is not well, like there's five things I ask them to check and four of those five things have to do with holistic killing. It's vitamins. Like how is your vitamin levels? What kind of food do you eat? Are you in the sunlight? Like these things that. Wait, what are the other two now? Okay. It is sleep, vitamins, Mm -hmm. food, Mm -hmm. um, environment and Mm -hmm. sunlight. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Yes. It makes sense. Are you are you healthy? Even for me, like right now, I'm going through a phase. Like I notice that when I'm not well, is also because my food or my vitamin intake is not there. So I have to like check myself and like go back to your healthy eating because it does make a difference. Yeah. Yes, and that's the hard part too, right? Because in the moment, the ice cream or the alcohol or the cigarette mm-hmm. or whatever it is, the the sex, mm-hmm. the shopping, yeah. it could be anything makes us feel temporarily better when we really need that fix. But at the same time, it's like that ice cream is going to maybe make you feel worse. So you almost have to like use a little bit of extra energy to be like, wait, I know, but like this week has been, I've been, you and I were talking about this yesterday, was just like growing pains Mm -hmm. with business. And I've been feeling a lack of clarity and some frustration. And it was like, okay, for this week, I'm really going to cut out alcohol and I'm really going to get my ass out of bed. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go to yoga every day. And then I'm four days into that and I had a big breakthrough today. And I was like, it's that simple. It's that simple. It can be. It yeah, can be. it can be. Honestly, it's more simple than we think it is. Like me, especially teaching about trauma, Agreed. it's more simple than we were taught that it is. So let's yeah. get into that. So how did you find your way into what you're doing now? I think it has to do with, for me, realizing at 20 that, okay, I'm not good with my emotions. Like, I don't know how to deal with them. So that equals yeah. to me being, creating addictions. And it could be emotional addictions too. Add- yep. Addiction to a toxic relationship. Yep. Addiction to certain other mm-hmm. things. So that was like an aha moment for me. And I made a promise to myself that I'm going to work on that. So even now that I'm going mm-hmm. through this phase, because I have the tools, I'm not falling into like, mm-hmm. like where I was in the past. Yes, I'm going through a phase because that's life, yeah. but I have the tools and it works. Like it helps me. Yes. So that, so you realized, okay, you didn't have the tools and then you, when did you decide to sort of start a business around it or what did that, you know, what was the trajectory there? For me, it took years. So it was like layers. Yeah. First it started with meditation and healing my polycystic ovaries. Then I got into books and then books led me to more spiritual teachings, but I was always into the universe because I always felt my spirit guides. But then that led me to like the chakra world and that led me to crystals and that led me to other things. And it just all Mm -hmm. kind of 
it was like, it, it was all divine timing, I feel. And so I was at mm-hmm. a point where I was also getting my divorce and, um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right, right. We, we're divorced. We were getting, we got uh, divorced around the same time. Wait, how many years ago? Maybe like five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, I remember it was yeah, around, around the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. 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 We talked and about so that. getting a divorce and I had a business with my ex husband. And so, uh, shutting that business off and me being in this stage of like awakening of like, I need to, I I, I, I was in the stage of like, cause I read so many things and intuitively I always felt inclined mm-hmm. to spirituality and healing. So I was like, I'm going to combine the both together and I'm going to create what I absolutely mm-hmm. love. And so five years later, here I am. <laughs> And did you just decide to do that through Instagram? Like, was that how you you got your way in? Because you have, you have quite a large yes. following with Instagram. Within. Yes, that was it. That's amazing, and it naturally yes. sort of progressed. And my business changed, and I feel like divine timing is so beautiful. Like everything, it's a journey. Well, and we were talking about this last night when you know you are your business. When you change, your yes. business change changes, and you tend to evolve in what you you know, what you offer and how you show up changes, which is incredibly beautiful, but sometimes hard to do. Like I, yeah, for me, sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my head around it or like feeling okay. I was going to, well, most of us have control issues, so it makes sense. No, seriously, but I'm wondering how, how that integrated into your business. Cause you, you've changed since we met. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like, so much, so much. Um, and it was interesting because my business, cause I've had, I, before I really brought it online, I've had my health coaching business for about like eight years. I was doing it in person in New York. I was teaching in New York and lecturing at like NYU a bit. And I was teaching in the acting school. And I really, from the get go, cause I did go to a more holistic. Well, and the reason I did, I remember, um, cause right after I, I like healed the anxiety and depression, I was like, whoa, when I eat a certain way, yes. I feel different. And like, I show up in the world very differently. And of course, like I was an actress, so that very much affected my acting career, very much. And then I, when I, you know, really towards the end of my healing journey, when I was feeling a lot better, I was like, I need to go back to school. I want more information. And I was looking into like nutrition programs, but I'm like, I don't want the, no, 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 we're not macros. Like, I want to know like why, what I put in my body Mm -hmm. affects my brain so severely. How and, and it's so interesting because I get this a lot because I get a lot of people to do that sugar detox. And I remember I, I it, it wasn't even that that I did, but I remember the other protocol that was very similar. I did for about six months really in order to heal. It was 12 days that all of a sudden my mental health changed and I just felt like mm-hmm. myself again. And that's the thing people say all the time. So it's like if you listen and learn how to eat in a certain way, it's almost, it's weird. It brings you back to you in this like confident, empowering way um, that we don't even realize it really deeply affects you. So the program I I was drawn to for the first time, I remember they were talking about the primary food, secondary food thing. And I had never heard anything like that, but they talked about how relationships, career or purpose, exercise, which I, I call movement or relationship to your body. And then spirituality are primary foods and secondary foods are just foods, anything you eat. And the idea is that one of, when one of your primary foods is out of balance, it tends to manifest itself as a secondary food craving. And then I looked back at my entire like 20s and it was like every time I was in a new relationship and I was happy, I was thin. And looking back now, 
it was like, oh, I'm now not emotionally regulated with food. I'm emotionally regulated with relationships. With yourself. (laughs) And it, Uh right, right, right. In relationship to someone else or, or like, uh, you know, the attention or feeling safe in a new thing or feeling in love. Like when I felt in love, it was like my body looked very different than when I Mm -hmm. was stressed. And still to this day, like I, I, you know, I immediately put on weight with stress and my body's very sensitive to that. So it was really interesting. Like I entered into it wanting to do more than just like weight loss food stuff. But I, I, you know, I did a lot of that in the beginning and then during the pandemic, when I pivoted, I when I put out that program for the first time, I really had put together everything for my own healing journey from my nutrition training, from my acting training, because um, really like learning how to embody and listen and, and how important that was, and my recovery from ED, from bulimia into something for the first time. And I just didn't think, I mean, it was amazing. It was so rewarding having you and everyone that came through my first time or through because I had never put all of what I knew to be true that helps mm-hmm. me together for the first time. And, and to this day, it's been a couple of years now. And I'm, you know, I took the summer off of the group because I'm trying to really um, understand how to market it in a way that makes sense. Because the further into what I get and where I'm at with it now is like, what I see is, and I see it with myself, I see it with my clients, that physical disconnection, whether it's, you know, whatever you're doing addictive wise with food and your body to get to numb out, to get away from your feelings because you don't know how to process them is step one, right? That disconnection from your true self or you, maybe your spirit, anyone, you can call it whatever it is, your inner knowing, your intuition, your spirit guides, the universe, like, but that disconnection mm. needs to be healed, right? And in healing that we start yeah. to get clarity. And so- so what I feel like I do now is take people from survival into optimization, right? But it starts really simply, like you said, with, and I my, my six are a little different than your five, but they're about the same. It's sleep, it's food, it's movement, it's any sort of mindfulness, it's relational. Mm-hmm. So relationships, like who are you, are you spending time with people who make you feel seen, heard, and loved? And are you spending time doing th- stuff that just lights yeah. you up just for you? Right. Like, are you cultivating moments of joy or play or excitement or creativity? But, you know, really understanding that, like, yes, your eating disorder or your weight or your dislike of your body or your thighs or whatever it is, that's just either trauma or something. You know, often trauma does come up and maybe I'll refer people out also to to EMDR therapists or something like that. But um you know, or it's just some sort of deep dissatisfaction with your life and you are numbing out yeah. to not deal with it. So we bring you into your body, teach you mm-hmm. how to optimize your specific body because that's mm-hmm. going to be different for everyone and then really get you listening and trusting. And that's, the, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole other can of worms, right? Because people start to hear, and I still like to this day with this move, have had a whole bunch of, I feel like growth is so nonlinear, right? We take a couple steps forward and a couple steps back. And because this move for me was maybe the biggest, bravest thing I've ever done, moving to another country by myself where I don't really know a lot of people. I mean, man, I was crying on the phone to my parents earlier today. I had kind of this breakthrough and I called them. And my mom was like, remember you're there alone and you've just been there three months and you're alone. And I was like, thank you for reminding me because I'm making myself wrong, right? But even to this day, it's like, I'm not trusting, I'm having a hard time trusting my inner knowing 
because it's, it's so mm-hmm. opposite of culture. Yes. And, and really being able to be like, fuck it, go against the grain with that. So, I mean, it, it, God, it never ends. And it's just so interesting. So as I start to realize like, Oh, the food part is just one. It's like the doorway into the work that I do. I teach people through the body how to connect and find that, you know, their path, whatever that is, and empower them to follow it. How do you advertise that? <laughs> what do I even you'd call be that? Surprised how many people need that? I feel like people don't mm-hmm. really have the tools and the. Yes. They don't. Like, like you said, the first step is coming back to your body, like connecting to your, what do I yeah. want? I always tell people like, you need to discover who you are without your trauma responses. Like if you weren't codependent, who mm-hmm. would you be? If you weren't addicted to food, yes. who would you be? And most people don't know, like, and our job is to get to know yeah. that version of us. So that's the work. Yes. So who, who do you, who do you find that is like, who's your ideal client or who, who sees your work and needs you, right? Like, who do you feel like you're calling in for the work? For me, it makes it easier when people are into spirituality because I teach healing through spirituality. So I'll teach them about who they are because for us, we're going to, we can see the trauma. It's easy to see the trauma. Yeah, I'm yeah. codependent. I'm people. Please. It's yes. easy to see the trauma because it's so obvious. What's not so easy yeah. for people is to understand who they are in their soul, in their own individuality as a person. That's where people yeah. Yeah. have a hard time seeing because we're so used to pleasing like, especially as women, we're so, and men too, in their own way, but we're so used to, we're so programmed to betray self in a lot of ways. So we become very disconnected with self. So my job is to have them see themselves without the trauma. So for that Mm -hmm. to happen, you need to be connected at some level of with your soul, with your spirituality, with your energy, like you need to understand energy. And Mm so it makes it easier for me when people are into spirituality. So my ideal client, it's a spiritual person who's willing to get out of their own way and do the work. Yeah, this is where I think it's funny because I don't, you know, there are elements of that in what I do for sure. I mean, it can be seen that way and also doesn't need to. I, while I do have my own relationship to spirituality, I also see that that can scare people. You know, like I don't, when I want to talk about these things or acknowledge that I have this part of myself, like I actually don't, I don't need people to be there. I, I take people from profound mm-hmm. disconnection to connection, right? And that can have a spiritual angle to it. Mm-hmm. And it also doesn't need to, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so many layers to that. So it's funny because sometimes I don't know how to speak about that in a way that wouldn't make me like, wouldn't make people feel turned off. And like, I do bring a lot of science. Like I have a background Mm -hmm. in, you know, nutrition. So I bring a lot of science into this and it's funny, things get muddied Mm -hmm. and I think things are getting better, right? Cause there are nutritional therapists now and those sort of things. But like when you bring science, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. feelings into it Uh and it's less scientific, people start thinking you're crazy. For me, science is spirituality and the world spirit, the word spirituality itself, Mm -hmm. it's such a turnoff for me lately because there's so much toxic spiritual teachings out there oh my that God. people yeah. sometimes don't yes. want to be in that world. So I'm even cautious using the word spirituality because of that reason. But to me, 
science is spirituality because science is energy. So yeah, versus spirituality, mm-hmm. a lot of the times is toxic. Like we go back to, we go back to toxicity yes. and that's not what it is. Yeah. And every, well, and the other exactly. part is like, everyone's a coach now, it's, which is so, great, you know, but at the same <laughs> time, at the same time, I too was at a phase where I was into toxic spirituality at the mm-hmm. beginning of my journey and it helped. Yeah. Will yeah. you explain what that sounds like or what that? So toxic spirituality, especially for me as an avoidant, it's like teaches you to mm-hmm. disconnect from this human experience. It's all about here. Like yeah. all about being up here. So it looks like, um, uh, it looks like everything happens for a reason or it looks like, um, um, just forgive or be compassionate and like be right. Zen. And like, so people think spirituality is as being this happy, calm person all the time. And that can be dangerous because again, that disconnects us from emotion. Like we need to, we need to accept right. anger and we need to accept sadness. And I think most people, because they don't know how to deal with these mm-hmm. emotions, they run away from them. So when we get into toxic spirituality, yes. it sounds amazing because it brings up a part of us that says, I don't know how to deal with my emotions. So a lot of people cling. So people cling to that. I did too as an avoidant. And then I realized, shit, that's not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, I had a very interesting Uh, dating experience uh, recently. And it was like in the spiritual community. And it was so interesting because there was something I was like, it was incredibly smart and, like very charismatic. And then it was so interesting because we couldn't, like there were just mm-hmm. certain disconnects that have, yeah. around like deeper conversations. And there was a lot of, later I realized yes. there was a lot of spiritual bypassing. And I was like, oh, we are aligning mm-hmm. over this type of style of meditation that does really focus on elevated emotions and feeling good, but you can't. And he was also very into Abraham Hicks, which, you know, mm-hmm. choose a better feeling thought, a better feeling thought, a better feeling thought. Yes. There is a time and a place for that, but yes. you have to feel your yes. actual feelings first. Like you have to be in your body. We are mm. humans having an experience here. Yes. We can't just start to ignore that. And it, it is really interesting because that's where I think a lot of this stuff, yes. is, people will roll their eyes, right? Because it's like, you're not, mm-hmm. you're completely think about it. <laughs> now more than ever, people have access to so much information, everything. Yet now more than ever, we're more depressed than ever. Like, how is that even possible? Because there's so much misinformation. People take whatever they need because this is the thing. When we are in a fear state or in a desperate state to change, we take Mm -hmm. everything in. So people Mm -hmm. take everything in and a lot of Mm -hmm. those things that they take in, they're not beneficial for them. And it's, and it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's really sad. And that's why I feel like what you and I both do, it's like I get people because I I always every once in a while, because um, I'll, you know, I'll have certain ways of talking about things or we'll have inside jokes in my group and like someone will be like, oh, Liana's cult. And I'm like, I'll be the worst cult leader because all I'm telling you guys mm-hmm. is like, listen to yourself. Yeah. Trust yeah, you. Yeah, Don't yeah, listen yeah. to me. Trust you. But like, that's what we're doing at the end of the day. Like, that's why you have to have a strong sense of self and inner knowing and inner listening mm-hmm. because- then you are able to navigate what works and what doesn't. Then you are able to Mm -hmm. be like, okay, for some reason, I don't resonate with that. And though a lot of people are doing it, I'm just not going to take it on. Or like, I really feel called to work with this person. I don't know why I'm just going to do that. That's the work. Like 
getting to know self and the work is getting to Mm -hmm. like trusting that self-trust and self-trust is going to lead to confidence. It's going to lead to inner peace. Self-trust is the missing link to people's journey, but it's tough because yeah, how can I, I don't, I can't even trust what I hear anymore with all this information. How can I trust myself? So a lot of people are conflicted. And I think I'm having a little bit of that lately too, because I haven't been putting out as much content because I feel like I am trying to be really mindful about like, who am I now and what am I trying to say? Like, how am I trying to help? Like, who am I, who am I here? What am I here to do? Who am I and what am I here to do rather? And I get really caught up and I'm very specific about who I follow and who I allow into my space, even on social media, but I get so distracted and should I be doing it this way? Should I be doing it that way? And it's like, I just need to be quiet and like maybe put out instead of take in because it gets so confusing. And then it's really easy for myself to be like, well, I just should go get a a master's in something or, you know, I'll decide that like, I just need to be more of an expert or I need to do more of these other things. And I had this really interesting experience last uh, last fall where I was interviewing to do this um, other coaching program with this like big master coach. And it was so funny because I had so much resistance doing it. And I'm like in the interview and she, the woman could feel it. And she was like, so tell me more about what you do. And I did. And she goes, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh, I feel like she's like, no, no, this is a lack of confidence and trust in yourself. You don't need any more training. Mm -hmm. Like you need to get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. And actually I'm going to refer people to you. And she started referring Mm -hmm. people to me. It was really interesting. But I mean, I continue to, to, to have problems with the trust. And for me, beyond that, like with a lot of my clients, and you're lucky that you get a lot of people who already probably come in with some sort of like mindfulness practice or an awareness that they need to be quiet. Yeah. So many people aren't even doing that. It's not, and you can't trust if you, if you, if you aren't listening and if you aren't taking time to be mm-hmm. quiet, you're never going to be able to listen. You're not going to know how. I feel for me, I always speak my truth in my content. So that's why I attract people that have spiritual beliefs. And at the same time, like what you said, like I'm in, you said you're, I'm in this transition, I'm figuring things out, but I feel like people need that content too. The, the, I need to figure it out because I feel like everybody's trying to figure it out. So everybody doesn't know what the fuck is happening recently. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) No, it's true. Oh my God. Every, I feel like everyone Mm. I know, especially in this space, there are so many people who are in interesting transitions. We need raw, authentic leaders in our space to be like don't look happy all the time because that's not reality like we need people to be like I'm going through shit right now like for me I tell I tell my audience because it not only it it helps people relate but like that's the the truth like we need to speak the truth of things yeah no and I think and it's interesting too because having a background like an as an actress it's like there was whenever you made any sort of content, it was like, yes. how's the lighting? Do I have my lines right? Like, am I coming off in this way that mm. is going to make me look good, right? And hireable. So I've been able to some degree to pull back a lot of that. And I do it in my stories. I, I talk very authentically in my stories. But it's interesting. I get nervous really talking about where I'm at and and 
my growth process and journey and what I'm interested in in now and bringing the, you know, the more spiritual elements into it. Mm -hmm. Cause I get afraid of being judged or that people are going to think I'm not smart or that I'm not, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I'm not enough of an expert. And it's really interesting because every time I go through a bit of like a growth journey, I, we were, you and I were isolated yesterday. I like contract a little bit into my shell. Right. Where it's like, I don't, no one's going to want to hear from me. No one's going to, like, if I come out in this way, no one's going to, you know, feel Mm -hmm. like I'm worthy of hiring or, you know, that Mm -hmm. I'm actually an expert in any way, which is crazy. Anxiety, depression, all of that does the same thing. It isolates us because we put shame into ourselves because we think if I'm not well, then I'm not worthy to be seen. Yeah. We feel like for us to be accepted and loved, we need to be this. That's where the toxic spirituality comes in too. We need to be this Zen and happy person, this perfect person. And I think as a society right now, we're going through this shift of that's not true. So all of us are like trying to figure out how to bring that into even social media. Yeah. I mean, I'm even proud of it. I allowed myself very much to be deeply seen yesterday. I had this conversation after we spoke uh, last night with this guy that I'm dating. And I was like, he was asking me about work. And I was like, really honest about really where I am and how I was feeling frustrated. And like, as soon as, you know, I feel stuck, I immediately feel like a failure. And it was so funny because I allowed myself to be really honest and I didn't feel good. And... I had this really interesting shift today afterwards. I was like in yoga because, of course, I woke up feeling mm-hmm. shitty and I was like, okay, I got to move my body. I got to move these emotions through. I got to sweat a little bit. It'll help. And it did. And I started to be like, you know what? Up until today, o'clock, to up until now, um, I have – And this is the reason, and I like had voice noted you, Claire, about this today because I had this huge shift. And I'm sure it had something to do with us speaking yesterday also. But I had this huge shift because I felt so called to be an actress. Like I felt very like I needed to do that. But the whole time I knew it wasn't the thing. Like I knew that I loved it so much and it was almost like a compulsion Like I threw everything, that 14 years, I gave it everything. I got sick. I gave it so much. And it was so funny because I remember my manager being like, who I, you know, who's been on this podcast, she she was kind of like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know why your career is not bigger. And I just remember Mm -hmm. being like, cause this isn't it. Like I needed this to heal and I needed validation and I needed to be seen and heard and Mm -hmm. loved. And those aren't the right reasons all the time. Right. But it was so interesting because when I pivoted into this business full time, that started out just being this beautiful thing I did on the side because I really loved it. I was interested in, I put all of that Mm -hmm. crazy toxic energy into this. And it wasn't until today that it was like, whoa, I don't need, this doesn't need to be my everything. Mm -hmm. This does, I don't need to, Uh this doesn't need to Uh heal me. This doesn't need to like save me. I don't need to be this big famous health coach that's doing all this shit. This is just Mm -hmm. my offering on the planet. And like, Uh as soon as I took that pressure off, it was like, I was excited about it again, but I was like, I was Mm -hmm. making, yes, I I had the same realization not too long ago too. That's another toxic thing. People talk about purpose. So we put our purpose into our business a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. 
And in reality, our business is right. not our purpose. Our purpose is to live on earth, like play and just be out yeah. the love and experience. Love and experience. It's great yeah. if purpose manifests into our business with the things we teach, but our business is not our purpose. Right. But like it took until today for that to shift. And I was like, wow, I have been putting so much onto this that it's, it's made me scared to speak up. It's made me be really perfectionist about like what I'm putting out there. It's putting a lot of like, I had it in a chokehold in a way that was like incredibly, it's just harmful. And yeah, man, I was like, I'm like, I called my parents today. I just sort of like lost it and was like relieved because I was like, oh, I'm not broken like this. You know, it's just, I've been approaching this in a way that has like been unkind to myself. Yes. I feel that even our conversation yesterday and I was talking to my therapist right before this and me like really coming to this realization as to why do I feel, because recently I've been going through my own roller coaster and like, I feel guilty for not like not showing up on my business because I do, but not putting my all like I'm usually in. And that made me realize too, like, Despina, your business is not your purpose. Your purpose is, we talked about this yesterday too, is like to be here. Otherwise we have this control and this attachment as to how things should be, which leads to us punishing our own selves. Yeah. And and it's so funny because I think part of like my journey and my experience and what I'm sharing is like, I got so burnt out in New York and there is something Mm -hmm. about being an actor where you just have to hustle so much. And like, you have to drop any, anytime you have an audition, you're dropping anything. Right. So like I got to a certain point where my nervous system, they talk about, um, auditions being like minor car accidents. So here I'm a highly sensitive Mm -hmm. person in a crazy city, never feeling like she can turn it off, going to car accidents like six times a week and Mm -hmm. feel like my nervous system was shot. That was like part of the reason I got sick because I never felt Mm -hmm. like I could, I always needed to be working out more or eating better or getting, you know, doing something Mm -hmm. to my skin or taking classes. It was like, there was this drive to be better to, because this career is so, you know, difficult, right? So you've got to be on your game and I never turned it off. And I didn't realize when I let go of acting because I was so burnt out and sick of it. It just wasn't, didn't make sense for me anymore. Thank God the pandemic did that for me because it paused it. For a lot of people. But yes, I put, I brought that intention into this business. And it's Mm -hmm. so funny to me because I ended up moving to the UK and then in, you know, to Portugal because I keep trying to get away from that really like intense drive towards capitalism Mm -hmm. and like money and like the, that you have to live to work to buy a bunch of shit. And like, luckily enough, Mm -hmm. I grew up outside of culture in a way where my parents Mm -hmm. didn't value that. But what did I do? I ran right into culture. I tried my best. And it was just Mm -hmm. too funny to me to have this aha moment today because I was like, whoa, I am doing the best I can to get away from that. That made me sick. That mm-hmm. is so toxic. That is what's killing this us as a society and making disconnection. Yeah. And I'm trying to drag that with me into this. Yes. And yes, it, yes, I yes. literally lost my mind. I like called my parents. I was like sobbing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I didn't realize, right? Like I saw yes. something I couldn't unsee. And it's a, I feel like a million pound weight has been lifted. Mm-hmm. 
we also are in this toxic culture of like achievement. So mm-hmm. we place our worth hundred percent with achievement. Yeah. So in all of that is like subconscious because it's so ingrained in us with the things that are presented to us in society. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And like today, so today, today I was realizing this and I was making me so emotional because it was like, poor me, poor me this morning yeah. that was still putting yes. the pressure on her. Yes. But you know what? You are aware. Yeah. And I love that you're aware. I love that you even are admitting this to yourself. Most people though are not aware. So they suffer yeah. so much. People suffer so much because of this toxicity, toxic sun energy, as I call it, mm-hmm. toxic masculine energy. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. suffer. And I love that you're aware and you're even admitting that to yourself. Yeah. And to everyone I come, <laughs> I come from the same background. So like with me too, I came to the U.S. to be an opera singer. So like you I wanted to be on stage. That. Yes. So oh. I wanted to be on stage and I wanted to like. All that I know what you're talking about. Like you need to be there consistently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then I and then I opened another business that I had mentors that ingrained that toxicity in me. Like you need to work, 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 work all the time. Yeah. And then I also too brought that kind of into my business too. And I'm now like I feel like this stage is teaching me too that it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. That I can be enough. Because I am giving enough, but I can be enough with just being me, which is very beautiful. Yes. And I mean, I think you do a really beautiful job of that. And that is why you have such a big following and you're so successful. Like your content, you're able to do that in a way that I feel like I'm not even always able to do that. And I I really look up to you for that. Um, But I remember even when you and I first started working together two years ago, you were like so in that sun energy where it was like, the amount of content you're putting out there, you know, I was like, I was like, it's okay to slow down a little bit. Like, it's a, like, <laughs> and I was like, here's your schedule. I'm like, I'm uh-huh. getting tired and stressed out. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that helped me scale my business, but at the same time, it's not sustainable. Yeah. It is not sustainable. We're even talking with my partner now. We say, it's okay if it takes an extra year. So what if it takes an extra year to accomplish that? Like, it's okay. I want to have fun when I build my business, not mentally like punish myself. Like that's that. Why would I do that to myself? I know. Well, it was so crazy too. And I was saying this to my mom and dad today where like when my business was really doing well about a year ago, I was like, okay, this is how it should always be. And like, Mm -hmm. I was like, I know people are charging double what I charge and like mm-hmm. that, and it's worth it. So I could probably do that eventually. And then I got myself into like, ooh, this is how I could like easy make like something like three hundred to four hundred k a year. And then mm-hmm. that's what I was measuring everything up against. Mm-hmm. As much as that would be a lovely amount of money to have, like I at this point, that's not something I'm dying for, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, really measuring everything up against this like one idealized version of what my business looked at look look like. And if nothing else was measuring up, it was like. I'm fully a failure and a giant piece of shit. And that was my narrative. And I was like, how crazy that I sit across some people. I'm like, how are you talking to yourself? Why are you putting this pressure on yourself? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like I'm living that, Mm -hmm. but in the service of helping other people. And like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. uh And it's so interesting because our brain tends to go to the extremes. It's Mm -hmm. either this or that. So we're so like extremist with our thoughts so it's either I make this much amount of money or I'm not good enough. It's like so extreme. Um, do you, I'm going to pivot in an interesting way, just because you brought up your partner. 
Are you open to talking a little bit? I would be curious. And, um, you know, I should have mentioned this before, so I'm going to blindside you a little bit. (laughs) Okay. I would be curious, or I am curious about um, your relationship to your body and maybe being disconnected and not being able to handle your emotions, all of that, Mm. that slight disconnection, and then your relationship to your sexuality. Yes. Okay. First, I'm so proud of myself because since we work together, yeah. even though right now I'm like in a roller coaster because we're working through things with my partner. Yeah. Um, I haven't practiced any of that unhealthy practices that I was doing before as far as food or as yeah. far as like, you know, all the things that I was doing before, which is so, I'm so proud of myself. I, let's celebrate you because yes. you let go of that so quickly. Like yeah. I've never seen anyone have such a pivot and it was so sweet. I just really remember you being like, am I eating? And like, cause you were having the other side of it, of course, cause of your childhood, right? Like eating too much uh-huh. and feeling like you weren't eating enough or you're worried about your weight. And I was like, listen, go to the doctor, get your vitals checked. Like let's yes. get some blood tests. And if you're healthy, yes. you, we can trust your body to know the weight it's supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. And we can trust your hunger cues. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just allowed to eat what I, when I'm hungry and, that's it. And what I like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. it. And it, it, I feel like you got, you were so unburdened so quickly. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it yeah. was very beautiful. For me, this past couple of two years that we worked together, it was like mm-hmm. a lot of change because it was me healing my relationship with food, yep. me exploring my sexuality because yep. my par- partner is a woman. So it's and you were like, married previously to a man. And was married previously to a man, yeah. exploring now what I'm with two years with my partner. She's a woman. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a lot of new things. Plus being in re- relationships mirror, you know, my void and attachment and my partner's anxious attachment. So it's a lot of a lot of like whew, from the universe. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a journey, but I, the difference, because I've experienced like lows in the past, the difference with now for me, it's like, I'm just, I'm just in it. And I'm like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna learn from this. And I love, I love this experience right now. I love that I'm feeling low and I'm just letting myself be. And I'm just, Taking it a day at a time. I love this version of me. <laughs> oh, I I love it too. I absolutely love that too. And I had because I've been in lows around this stuff for I guess the past like month or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little feeling very disoriented since I got here, but then just mm-hmm. feeling really hard on myself. And last week, a friend of mine really was like, we have to love these moments too, right? Exactly mm-hmm. what you were saying. And I was proud of myself this morning because I was just feeling it, walking yoga, in yoga, my brain's going nuts. I'm feeling all of the things I'm worrying. And, and when that happens, I like, I do you do this? I, I have these moments where I have to be like, okay, I'm going to coach you now, Liana. <laughs> like I'm going to be your coach now. Uh-huh. And I have to be like one breath at a time, uh-huh. one step at a time. Do just like be in this moment and do the tiniest thing to move yourself mm-hmm. forward. So I'm like, if you can stay present in this yoga class and do the work and breathe and sweat, Mm-hmm. Then just do the next right thing and just do the next right thing and just quietly listen to what you need. Mm-hmm. You're going to get out of it. And then it led to a big fucking breakthrough for me. Today. Exactly. So, I mean, good for us. Good for us. But we have the tools and that's the fascinating thing with us that we practice our tools, yes. you know? Yes. Like we need, yes. we need, cause we need to practice our tools. Yeah. And that's why you need a toolkit and it, it, it is ever evolving with you as you grow yes. and evolve on this planet. Exactly. So I would love to 
A, here's some of your tools. Like, what do you do when you're having a hard time? Like, what do you lean into when you're feeling like you're in a low or, you know, you're in your own way, you're in anxiety, you're feeling depressed? Like, what do you lean into? For me, it's the same thing that heal my eating disorder. And mm-hmm. everything is connected to, everything is coming back to emotions. Like how can I deal with my emotions instead mm-hmm. of running away? Most of us running away or create like anxiety around that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, okay, I recognize I'm feeling sad. I feel like shit right now. Like we have to be able to admit to ourselves that this is happening yes. because most people, the very first thing they do is I feel sad. I want to change that. They don't mm-hmm. even take the time to like, understand what's actually happening. So Mm -hmm. for me, the first step is, okay, this is happening. I recognize this is happening. The second step, which most people skip is to accept. Mm -hmm. For me, I need to like accept that, okay, I'm sad right now. This is my reality. And it makes sense why I feel like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to beat myself up for it. I don't want to make shame myself for it. I don't want to rush. I just want to be in the sadness and I accept it. Like mm-hmm. I accept that it's here. And mm-hmm. then I go into like understanding where that comes from. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense why I'm sad because this and this is happening. Have you taken your vitamins? Have you done this? It makes sense why this is getting worse. Mm-hmm. So I need to justify it. I need to understand it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense because of the trauma. I need to justify it because there's something wonderful that happens with the brain. Once you make it understand Mm-hmm. When you then go to, I have a choice to go back to that pattern. When we understand, it's easier for us to not go back to that pattern. Mm-hmm. So the understanding part is really important for me. And then the last part is, okay, how can I make myself feel safe in this experience? Mm-hmm. Maybe talk to a friend, go for a walk at the park, journal, come back to yourself. How can I make myself feel safe through this? Mm-hmm. And just take it a day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Or even a moment at a time. And what do you notice? What are some of the the things you're noticing most with your clients that, that they need or things that you're finding you're repeating a lot or maybe exercises and stuff you're doing with people often these days? You know, what's fascinating. I've been writing programs for a while now. And every time I run programs, the people that enter my programs go through the same thing I go through. So I feel it's like the universe is like, mirroring things to me so I can Mm -hmm. see things from another perspective, which I'm so grateful right now in my group coaching, everybody's going through what I'm going through. And I'm like, Holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's so awesome. I mean, I, I, I would say a majority of my clients right now are women who are having career pivots. Yes. So I'm seeing a lot of that too. Isn't that that fascinating? Yeah. And I, I had, I'm having this, you know, real realization. I know you and I spoke about this yesterday. Ooh, I just spilled something. <laughs> um, you and I spoke about this yesterday um, that I'm really all of a sudden for the first time feeling really called to have a baby Yeah, and not really in the ideal situation for that. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden I'm getting people who are talking about that or who are dealing with fertility or freezing their eggs. And like, I don't ever talk about, that's like not something I lead with. So mm. I, I agree. Like you do end up with these people who are in front of you or, you know, divorce. I definitely am dealing with a lot of people who 
are looking at that and exper- have experienced it or are considering it. So it is really strange, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I feel or like exactly correct. It's exactly correct for me. I feel like the universe, it's like we attract where we are too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it works beautiful because it's different when you experience it and you, when it's different when you hear another person experiencing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it is funny, right, to be on the other side of it and be able to see exactly what people need mm-hmm. and, like, really be certain about mm-hmm. it and be giving this advice that you're like, I got to listen to this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yesterday, too, you were like, okay, I am saying this to you and I need to coach myself. Like, I need to hear Because <laughs> yes. it's, yes. And I think that's the wonderful thing that we do, too, that, People that work with me, I always tell them, I'm growing with you. Like, you don't see, but I am. Yeah. I think, and that's the beautiful thing about, and probably why you and I are attracted to each other in this way, where it's like, hey, I'm like you. I'm a few steps ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm on the journey. I'm doing the work. I'm going to be honest. And, you know, I've been where you are. Mm -hmm. And I want to help you get to where, I want us all to continue to move forward. Yeah, exactly. It's Um, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. This has been so, I mean, gosh, you'll have to come back. I like, I feel like I want to have a million more of these conversations with you. Uh Um, If you could give, I know we gave a lot of great advice, but if you could give one thing off the top of your head, right? We call this podcast is Love Through It, where when people are struggling, you know, we want to give them a little bit of a tip or an idea how to pivot from, wow, I could really look at this as being a hard thing and struggle through it, or I could figure a way out to take a deep breath, open my heart a little more and love through it. What would you, what would you tell people? What's a simple pivot? To come back to self. And how, and how would you, what, what are some of the best ways to do that? Something that my guides have been telling me for the past two years, and it's, yeah, it's necessary for all of us. It's like play. They've been telling me play. No, really, though. I love that. makes me yes. so happy. That yes. makes me so happy. Play. Because negative thinking creates more negative thinking that yes. creates anxiety. So when we play, we kind of come back to the present moment, to mm-hmm. to our body. So I feel like as a whole right now, we're going through a lot, the pandemic and then there's so many things. So we forget to just be in this experience. So it's not all of us struggle and all of us have low moments and ups and downs, but we need to come back to our child self. Like children go through stuff too. Yet people don't see it that way because children always play. And so we need to come back to that play, whatever that means for us. Oh my gosh. Just being, that is such a beautiful way to end this. It's such a good reminder that, mm-hmm. I mean, I love that so much. Listen, everyone play, play, play. Mm-hmm. Tell us how can people find you? What are you offering? I know people are going to want to work with you because you are unbelievable. Um, so yeah, you do one-on-one, you do groups. Like what do you, what do you have going on these days? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Crystals Within. Be careful. There are scammers out there pretending to be me. So find my... So many. There's a watermark take for my Instagram. And then my uh, TikTok is Healing with Despina. Uh, Currently accepting one-on-one clients. I'm in the middle of my group coaching. So my group coaching is not going to happen until the end of summer. But applications fill up fast. So if you want to enter my group coaching, apply now because spots fill up fast. 
Um, and yeah, just come to my social media world and come to my world and we'll yes, chat there. Yes, follow her. <laughs> Guys, follow she, she She has great content. She's always showing up. She's very consistent. Um, I should be more like you. <laughs> Everybody's different. Everybody's different. I know. You're one of those people. I'm like, oh, look at her. She has all this energy to make all this amazing content. I should be doing this. But instead, I'm just going to enjoy yours. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been so, so beautiful. I love you so much. I love you. And thank you for what you are putting into the world because you are making the world a better place. Thank you for creating a safe space, not just for me because other people come here and I'm pretty sure you do the same with them, to open up and just speak their truth on your podcast. I feel like what you're doing is wonderful because people need these conversations. People need your podcast and people need what you do because it was a point of time that I needed it and you helped me so much. So grateful for you always, Liana. Thank you to the universe that you came my way through Matt's program. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that because lately I've been doubting that a little bit. So... It, may, it means the world, and um, I, can, I can't wait to see what else you create in the world because it's always very exciting and beautiful. So thank you. Sending you so much love. Thank you, Liana. Love Through It is hosted by Liana Nielsen and produced by me, Claire Burns. If you're interested in working with Liana as a client or you're interested in hiring Liana to lead a workshop or be a contributor, you can contact her through her website, healthybyliana.com or through Instagram at healthybyliana. Thank you.